Hey, Dr. Britt here. I am so grateful that you are tuning in to this podcast today. And honestly, I'm so grateful for that because we're going to be talking about one of the things that comes up the most in my office when I'm talking with girlfriends, doesn't matter what it is. This is something that comes up often. I know you're wondering what it is and I'm about to tell you. It's comparison. Comparison is really interesting because it can either fuel us or it can kill our joy. And while I'm on the topic, I want to remind you that comparison is actually very normal and a natural way that we learned to survive in the world. The problem is often that we just haven't learned how to steward our comparison. So today, you and I are going to be talking about what we do with comparison. And as I mentioned earlier, there is a positive way that we compare. However, that's not what I'm going to focus on today. That might be the topic of another day, but just not today. So when I think about myself, I am a woman and I can think of my fair share of comparison to other people, to looking at other women and comparing themselves comparing myself to how successful they are, what they look like, how fit they are, how pretty they are, those sorts of things. I can think about the times that I've done that. And I can even think back to 24-year-old Brittany, so precious. That's 11 years ago now. I can think back to early 24-year-old Brittany and thinking then, that I was overweight. And now, 11 years later, I can see that 24-year-old Brittany's body and go, man, I would love to look like that. Or I would love for it to be as easy now as it was then to look like that. And I bet if you're listening to this, you have certainly had those feelings also. Um, some sort of comparison. And when we are comparing and we are seeing these parts of ourselves that honestly aren't so great, at least the way that we're comparing them, it is honestly evidence that we are lacking clear vision. When I looked at my reflection in the mirror, I didn't see an accurate version of Brittany. Sure didn't. I saw a version that was skewed that had all these messages that impacted the way that I saw myself, how I thought that I should be. All of those things were at play. So let me chat with you just for a second about the two types of comparison. And the first one is upward comparison. And that's when we look at a person, for example, maybe they... Uh, are more financially fit than you are and you look at them and you see all the things that they've accomplished what they've done maybe the house that they drive the house that they drive 
the house that they live in, the car that they drive, you see those things and you think, man, I'd give anything to have that or I'm never going to have anything like that or, wow, they, you know, must be a trust fund baby. Whatever conclusions that we come to when we are looking upward. Now, downward comparisons come when we are seeing people that we don't think are in as good of a place as we are. Again, that could be financially, that could be physically, that could be spiritually, that could be with friends, that could be living situation. It doesn't really matter, but we see these types of people upward or downward and we compare. And comparison really isn't a horrible thing when I'm comparing upward and I say, wow, they've accomplished so many things. They're so successful in their career. I'm in this field. All right. I know the roadmap to follow. I want to be like that. So it's almost like you see them like a mentor, like, all right, that's aspirational. Or sometimes we look downward and we think, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm grateful then that I'm not in that place or that I have a home or that I don't have as much student debt, whatever it is that we look down and there's like a bump in us just because we're not and as negative of a place as somebody else. So you may be thinking, you know, Dr. Britt, what does that even matter really? Well, as I'm talking about comparison, there's this other thing that comes in at play, which is self-esteem. And what research tells us is that self-esteem sort of gets in the way and also impacts what happens when we compare. So like I mentioned earlier, someone with a, a positive self-esteem, they see themselves pretty well, is going to see someone above them and go, I can do that. I can be that. I can follow their map. I can follow their plan. I can do that. But a person with a lower self-esteem is going to go, there's no way, there's no way I'm ever going to be as successful, that anybody's going to want to hire me. I mean, I don't even, I'm not even as good looking as they are. And so then we, and I'm going to talk about this in a second, we then begin to follow this pattern of how we're not good enough. And also someone with a lower self-esteem is definitely going to look at someone in a lower situation and feel more of a bump in self-esteem because it's like, yeah, I'm definitely better than that. Definitely better than that. And, and that puts us, honestly, between me and you, between friends here, that actually puts us in a, a really negative character place. And the reason it does that is because it's requiring me to base my self-worth on another person. Again, friend, that is a whole lot of power to give another human being to determine your worth. Now, you're taking it and running with it, but it's still a whole lot of power. And so I want to poke at you a little bit and kind of a loving poke that our character is what's in us. Our character is what is happening in us, the way that we're impacted by those things. And so when we see... I'm pausing for a second. Our character is what is in us. Our character is what impacts the way that we relate in the world. And so uh, you need to ask yourself, 
Do you celebrate the failures of others? Do you celebrate when someone doesn't get that promotion? Do you celebrate when somebody's been trying to have kids for a while and they haven't been able to do it, but neither have you, so at least makes you feel better? Do you celebrate when someone has a failure? Do you feel anger and jealousy when someone wins? I want you to really think about this. Do you feel anger and jealousy when someone wins? Because if you do, that is something about what's happening in you. That's a character thing, friend. And I know that what I'm telling you right now probably doesn't feel great to hear. And also, I'm supposed to be talking to you like you're my best friend. And so if that's the case, then it's also my job to tell you the truth. So when we compare one of three, not one of three, all of three things happen, we delete information. We delete information. So let's, let's use the person that got the promotion, but you didn't. So we delete that we've done other things to earn it, or maybe that the competition was close, close in, uh, uh, in race. It was close to get there, but they got it instead. So we delete maybe the ways that that we have or that we're next in line and we delete maybe even the ways that we could be more qualified for the position even though we didn't get it. We go, man, I'm not good enough for that job. I'll never get it. My boss doesn't like me. And so then again, you already heard a distortion. Then we distort the information. So we delete anything that's good and then we distort it. We distort that information to mean that my boss doesn't like me, I'm not good enough, um, I'm never going to get that promotion, no one here actually likes me. Again, you just heard me do another thing. I just moved to a generalization. Nobody here actually likes me. So now that I've generalized, then I go, yeah, it's probably because I'm not good looking enough. It's probably because I'm not friendly enough something is wrong with me. And, and maybe like the same reason that I didn't get this promotion is the, the same reason that my husband isn't very nice to me at home. Like we then begin to generalize that this comparison applies everywhere. So again, I'm going to say it to you again. We delete information, anything that would say that we're good enough, qualified. We're going to distort it to make it mean or match the story that's going on in our head. And then we're going to generalize it and make it run across the board that this is true of all things with all people in all areas. And then all of a sudden what has happened, and by the way, it's not all of a sudden, but it feels like that. Then all of a sudden we're operating in the world with this very negative mindset of ourself of we're just not good enough just not good enough. And then that impacts your mood and all of these things. And I'll probably talk more about that on another podcast of the way that all of that's connected. So I want you, I want to, I want to bring you back. I want to bring you back for a second because and tell on myself, because that's what I would do to my best friend is I would tell on myself. And so you'll hear about it from time to time if you stick with me, but I've been trying to uh, carry a child, get pregnant, all the way to all the way to term for almost 9 years now. That is a long stinking time, 9 years. And especially in the early days, 
it was really, really easy for me to focus on how unfair it was. That other people get pregnant by getting sneezed on, essentially, or um, people that aren't married or are addicted to drugs or that that I was like their youth leader or, you know, whatever it is, I would look at that and I would compare and I would come up with all the ways that it wasn't fair that they had what I desperately wanted. And honestly, the more I focused on that, the more negative, the more bitter, the more um, even empty that I became because that thing that I felt like was wrong about me took so much energy to focus on, to think about it, to rehearse it, to to scroll Instagram or Facebook and see pregnancy announcements and like feel like I'm giving myself and God and that person, you know, the middle finger basically of like, oh, this is so unfair. And you know what? That put me in a really negative place. My vision was in the wrong place. My comparison was in the wrong place. You know, and it, it for me anyways, it wasn't that I ever um, was angry that someone else got pregnant, but I certainly was jealous. I had some, I'm telling you the truth, I had some character things that were, that were running around on the inside of me because I was struggling to hold my own sadness, my own jealousy, my own anger, and at the very same time be excited for somebody else. Now, it took me a few years, honestly, and I was able to sort through that. And now I am in a place talking to you as Dr. Britt that says, I can't hold my own feelings about something, which gratefully are not anger and jealousy anymore. Sometimes it's sadness. I can hold that at the same time that I can hold my excitement for another person and I'll talk, definitely talk about this on another day, but research calls that emotional complexity, the ability to hold two emotions at one time. And so I, I can do that now, but let me bring it, let me bring it back to character. When, when those things start to stir in us, that anger, that jealousy, we want to ask ourselves, where did this come from? Where did it come from? Where did it come from? Because my, my anger, my jealousy came from thinking that I was supposed to be pregnant by a certain age, that I should be pregnant before somebody else, that based on how old I am, the length of time that I've been trying, how many kids that I want to have, insert whatever else here, that it should be mine. And that, again, that comparison put me in a negative place. I, I, I can be honest with you and I can tell you that I wouldn't be nearly as negative if I hadn't been comparing. But because I was comparing, what it did was it heightened those emotions in me. And then the next thing that we have to decide is now that I've recognized that I have this thing that's happening in my character, what do I do with it now? What do I do with it now? Because once you're aware of something that's going on in you, you now have responsibility my husband, smart guy, says awareness necessitates responsibility. And so now that you have awareness, now that you've seen it, now you have a responsibility. And I, I had a responsibility to myself, 
to my husband, to my friends, to the people that I loved and wanted to celebrate, to not be in such a negative place that I wasn't even fun to be around. And not that I'm responsible for other people's feelings, but I have a responsibility in me to take care of me and in me to make sure that I am showing up in the world the way that I want to show up. And a bitter Brittany wasn't, wasn't the version that I wanted to show up as. So when you think about these situations, you want to ask yourself, how much control do I believe that I have in my life, in my situation, in this circumstance? How much control do I believe that I have? Because your level of belief about your control is also going to impact how it feels to you. If I look upward at that person that's more successful than me and I believe that it is completely outside of my control because I'm not pretty enough, because I'm not smart enough, because I don't play golf with the boss, whatever it is. I've come up with a list of reasons. If I look at it and say that, I will have no control. I will feel like my life, my destiny is in the hands of someone else. And friend, I'm here to tell you that that is a load of nonsense, that your life is in the hand of someone else. So if you look up and you go, you know what, I can do that. I can be that. I can show up at work. I can ask my boss to go to golf. I, I can be the kind of person that I know that I need to be in order to get that promotion, in order to have that friend, in order to uh, get the husband that I've been trying to get because I, I need to put out a certain bait to catch the kind of fish that I want. I have control over that. Now, there are some things I don't have control over. Like I have, you know, I'm trying to make a baby. I have control in the things that I do about that, but I don't all, I don't have control in the way that things function or those sorts of things. And I want you to hear me. And I have so much control over my attitude. I have so much control over how I let my thoughts go, the, the way that I let comparison drag me down or build me up. Like you see, I, I, I know and I'm certain that you have heard stories of other people that have been successful, have achieved what you want, have what you want, whatever it is. And you go, well, if it's true for them, it's true for me. If they can do it, I can do it. If they can do it, I can do it. And that's the reality. If they can do it, I can do it. Now, that maybe if you were to look at Instagram influencers, you may say, well, objectively, like I'm just not as pretty as they are. Well, first of all, that's a comparison. And then when you did that, you just limited yourself. You just shut yourself off to opportunities that you could have because you've already decided that you're not good enough for them. You've already decided that it shut you down. So friend, what I'm here to tell you is unless you can compare with some self-esteem, you need to knock the comparison off because all it's doing is taking from you, limiting you, disempowering you. And when you know who you are, other people don't get to dictate who you are. When you know who you are, other people do not get to dictate who you are. Dr. Britt, what do you mean when you say that? Well, if I know who I am, 
then I don't need to compare myself to somebody else. I don't need to compare myself and look at all the ways that I'm lacking because I already know who I am. I know who I am. I know who I am. And I think about, I mean, use the scale for just a second. I think, friend, that it's really short-sighted when, when we get on the scale and it doesn't change and then we quit. That is such a momentary comparison. And by the way, if you're a woman, there's a million things, literally, that impact the number on the scale. And I'm not going to list them all out. And so it's short-sighted. When I see the scale doesn't change and I quit, it's the same concept. It's so disempowering because I've compared myself to where I think I should be, the expectation that I have of myself, instead of just saying, you know what, I'm committed to what works. I'm committed to care for myself. I'm committed to do the right thing. And by the way, when I compare me to me, I'm going to do so with kindness. I'm going to do so with some self-esteem. Go, all right. I'm not where I was when I was 24, but that's my body. I can get there again. I can do that. Now, you could have some physical limitations, some other things that get in the way that are outside of your control, but I'm going to see that. I'm going to say I can get there again, or I can be better. But if I look at that and I say, I can't do that. I can't be there again. Then you're right. Henry Ford says, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. So let me, let me bring this back as, as we close today and you and I friend wrap up this conversation because I've said a lot of truth to you. I've said a lot of truth. I hope and love to you that I want you to think about some questions. Who am I really? What's the real answer? Who am I really? Because when you know who you are, you're able to stand in that and you don't have to compare. So who are you really? The real answer. Second question, is it possible in the realm of possibility, in the world somewhere, that I do not see clearly? Is it possible that the lens that I'm looking at the world, at others, my situation through, that I'm not seeing it clearly. Is it possible? The reason it's important to see possibility is because it actually opens our mind up to uh, curiosity, to an open stance. When we're closed, we can't see anything else. When we're curious, our mind is open and we can shift. So the third question is, What's the truth that I need to focus on now? And last question I, I want you to think to yourself, I want you to walk through is what am I committed today, right now, at the end of this podcast to not compare anymore? What am I committed to just knock that off? What's the truth that I need to focus on now? Friend, if you were sitting here hanging out with me, drinking coffee, I would not let you leave until you told me what you weren't going to compare anymore, what you were going to do instead, what you were going to say to yourself instead. And so from my heart to yours, I'm sending you lots of love and I'm reminding you, best friend, that I look forward to our time together 
And I can't wait to see where we go, what we talk about, what other friends we invite to the party. I'll see you next week. Thank you.